Welcome to the Mirror Football World Cup daily podcast in association with BetBright. If you are tuning in hoping to hear the dulcet tones of one Aaron Flanagan, I'm very sorry to have to disappoint you. But he is out of action this weekend, so you're stuck with me, Martin Zorman. However, I am joined by my two illustrious guests, Mr Jake Polden and Mr Ibrahim Mustafa. Okay, let's get started on yesterday's action. Of course, Brazil returned to the field to take on Costa Rica. It looked for a long time as if the Samba Stars would be held to a goalless draw until first Philippe Coutinho and then Neymar popped up to record what looked on paper a comfortable win. But Jake, it wasn't It wasn't vintage Brazil, was it? It wasn't, no. Um, obviously, a lot of stress is on Neymar uh, to be you know, the star player for Brazil and and you know lead them into, into the last 16. Um, he struggled. He looked frustrated for large spells, I thought. Um, you could see him arguing with the referee a few times. I mean, a few decisions went against him. Um, argued with the ref at half-time as well. But eventually... Um, Brazil had that cutting edge, uh, as you say, Coutinho scored in uh, stoppage time to put the one nil up before uh, Neymar had the final say with uh, with a late goal. So um, yeah, good win for them, but um, not vintage Brazil by any means. No, I mean of course uh, one of the features of this World Cup has been maybe the, the big nations not performing at their very best. But unlike Argentina, who now face a real fight to, to qualify, Brazil. Ibrahim are at least, well, they're now top of the group and we'll, we'll touch on the second game in that group in a moment, but they are doing enough. Yeah, doing enough is right. I mean, we discussed, like Jake just talked about Neymar there, and I think he kind of probably summed up a lot of Brazilian feelings when he did break down at the end. It was probably that sense of relief and the weight off their shoulders because, you know, it did look for a long time like they weren't going to get a result and if they'd only had two points after two games then well it would have been a bit of a risk going into the final game against Serbia who just played now but um yeah to for those to get, to get those late goals it would have been a weight off their shoulders certainly and certainly for Neymar as an individual as well as Jake said he was frustrated throughout the game he had that penalty denied when he clearly threw himself to the ground the referee initially gave it but VAR came to Costa Rica's rescue albeit temporarily and um, yeah when he finally found the back of the net I think you know he needed that because you know maybe that'll help him kick on for the rest of the tournament and maybe Brazil as well and maybe we'll get to see the um, so-called Samba Stars mm-hmm. and Joga Bonita as they call it that we've been waiting for absolutely it's a, it's a good point you make about VAR of course so often in this tournament, it's been used to, to give a penalty that wasn't given a penalty. But good to see, it, you know, the reverse in, in action to see a penalty subsequently disallowed when it clearly, clearly wasn't. Yeah, interesting that because uh, a lot of people have said um, perhaps VAR might end up favouring the bigger sides. But actually, you know, in that instance, it showed that you know the big sides, if they are trying to, you know, if they they won't always get those advantages, those marginal calls if VAR calls it down the line and makes that fair shout. So Brazil, as I mentioned, are top of the group. But Jake, you touched on Neymar and his very emotional, stressful sense earlier. You being our social media guru, of course, he's he's already cut. You know, the first thing players do now don't talk to the media straight on social media. He sort of explained why he broke down at the full time. Absolutely, yeah. Which is um, not normally players they you know they use social media these days, but they don't necessarily address certain issues from from the field. And uh, it was quite shocking seeing him sort of drop into his to his to his knees and crying after the game holding his face um and there didn't seem to be a lot a lot a lot of reason why and um 
you know, there was a reaction, people berating him on social media saying, you know, it's only Costa Rica, but it sort of shows that how big these games are and, and, you know, it might just be Costa Rica, they might be Brazil, but, you know, just because Neymar is the world's most expensive player doesn't mean to say he, he needs confidence, he needs to be, you know, he needs his players, he needs, he needs his teammates behind him and stuff like that. And, uh, and of course, we saw it with um, with Lionel Messi uh, for Argentina as well. He looked uh, visibly stressed before the game. He was sort of rubbing his head while the the national anthem was being played. And um, and yeah, you know, again, it just shows that we we expect these players to all perform like Cristiano Ronaldo because they are the world's best players. Yeah, but um, the eyes of the world are on these players, aren't they? So you absolutely. know, and they are they are human at the end of the day, regardless of what they can do on the pitch. They are going to be human. And with someone like Messi, Neymar. They've got the weight of their entire country on their shoulders. Like someone like, you know, you look at Ronaldo, we keep, we, it's a perception we have of him that he can sort of take these things in his stride. But looking at players like Neymar, like Messi, because of things that have gone on in the past, perhaps with Messi, with Argentina, they've lost in three finals, two Copa Americas and the World Cup. There's that extra pressure on him to actually perform and everyone saying about how he's the best player of all time and he, or he needs to prove it by winning a World Cup. That's going to get to you, isn't it? Absolutely, and, the, and these are big, passionate football na- footballing nations as well. You know, Argentina, Brazil. They they expect. You know, Brazil won the competition five times. Argentina won it twice. You know, they should be progressing and, and doing well in this tournament. So, is, as you say, it's an awful lot of expectations to have on anyone's shoulders, regardless of, you know, Messi having having the ability that he has. So, mm. yeah, totally agree. But we shouldn't forget, of course, that Argentina actually struggled to qualify for this tournament. It was only Messi's heroics towards the end of qualifying that got them over the line. So maybe it's not as big a surprise as some people have said that they've actually struggled in Russia. Sticking with that group, of course, Nigeria were in action today against Iceland. Everyone's favourite minnows, although, to be honest, that clap is getting on my nerves. <laughs> Nigeria, you know, 0-0 half-time, came through in the end 2-0, and that seems to have given Argentina some hope, Ibrahim, but it's not, you know, it's maybe not quite... There's this assumption that Argentina are suddenly just going to go into that last game, discover their form and win, and that everything will be okay again. Yes, exactly that. It's a bizarre assumption. Nigeria, getting the confidence of that win, going up against Argentina now, considering how badly Argentina played against Croatia, Nigeria will be fancying their chances. It's not so much a case that Argentina will be buoyed by it, more so Nigeria will be. I mean, I thought, you know, Nigeria were poor in the first game against Croatia, although even then only lost thanks to an own goal and a inexplicable penalty but then came back quite stodgy a bit sort of aimless in the first half a lot of sideways passes and not really utilizing the strengths in the team um second half they unleashed Victor Moses like actually giving him the ball and make sure getting it to him get him to run at the defenders and of course he ended up making the first goal for Ahmed Musa um who put Nigeria ahead with a fantastic strike and Musa again he got the ball beat the defender Cut inside. I mean, I tweeted at the time, Lionel Musa, but then I don't even think that's fair on Musa, given how Messi's performed in this tournament. But yeah, um, yeah, two great goals from Musa, and um, yeah, Nigeria will definitely be buoyed going into that game against Argentina. So to say it's a good result for Argentina is. Uh, well, on paper it is, but in reality, is it? Well, th- th- this is the thing. I mean, as you say, Argentina struggled to break down this Iceland team, this same Iceland team that Nigeria, for for most parts, blew away today. You know, um, we have seen already in this competition, we've seen one nil win. Sweden's win, for instance, wasn't wasn't you know great by any means. But Nigeria were great today. They you know they, they had two chances, two clear cut chances, uh, took them both brilliantly. And, and did he hit the bar as well? You know, they they were really knocking on the door and showing great signs of confidence so yeah I think uh, an Argentina team going into this game lacking confidence against a Nigeria team with their tails up 
it's, it's definitely not a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. So just to, to recap, Tuesday sees Argentina take on Nigeria and Croatia already through, of course, but not guaranteed top spot. They take on Iceland. And of course, if Croatia do decide to rest some players, that could have an influence. So definitely all to play for. And of course, switching back to Brazil's group, all to play for there after Switzerland's come from behind 2-1 win over Serbia. Alexander, Alexander Mitrovic, even who may or may not play for Newcastle, may or may not play for Fulham next season, put the Serbians in front. But first, Grand Xhaka of Arsenal and then Jardin Shakiri of Stoke, but maybe of Liverpool, who knows, scored in the final moments to put Switzerland back in the mix for a place in the last 16. So I think that is all of Friday's action wrapped up. Let's turn to today. And it's England's group, but not England. So Belgium in action against Tunisia. Of course, Belgium saw Panama 3-0 in their first game. Ultimately comfortable. Tunisia, so harsh, harshly done by in their opening (laughs) game, of course. Almost held on for a heroic point. But as I'm sure everyone can sympathise, England struck. How how close were you to getting a Tunisia tattoo? (laughs) If, if that had resulted, stayed the same. If it stayed at one, the all. design was in my head. I'll give it. I'll give you that. I've already learned the national anthem. Uh, that, that was certainly next. So Belgium, of course, three to one on with Betbright to to come through against Tunisia. The draw seven to two, and Tunisia long odds at eight to one. And our bright bundle today comes from that game. Romelu Lukaku double in the first game. He is five to two to score, and Belgium to win two nil. Can either of you make a case for Tunisia to get something from this game? Um, it'll be tough, but actually, in that second half against England, Tunisia sort of dug in, didn't they? They really sort of sat back, and England actually didn't create a lot of clear-cut chances in that second half. It wasn't until, really, that Harry Kane chance that England actually found the way through. Tunisia were dogged. They really sort of like stopped England playing, and if they... They can probably try and do the same against Belgium. And we've seen Belgium sort of flatter to deceive before. So, you know, who knows? I mean, in reality, you'd expect Belgians to come through this. But it's not like Jake has said. We've seen in this competition, teams have really sort of sat back and stopped the better teams playing. And scrape, scrape 1-0 wins and, and stuff like that. You know, this is definitely a harder task than the Panama game. They, they you know, may well go into the game with, with confidence, but they could also go into the game, you know, maybe too confident. And Tunisia... You know the heartbreak of of a last minute defeat could definitely spur them on. This is their last chance now. This is their last, you know, to 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 do something in this competition to maybe to maybe qualify. So um, they're they're definitely going to be up for it. We also saw that they are um, they're a good ball playing team. They're organised. They they don't give the ball away very you know very easily. They're they're dogged. So um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough game. And obviously, we talked earlier about talisman and, and and coming to the front or not. Belgium have got so many good players, but you need. Obviously, Lukaku scored against Panama, but it's been a while since I played football. I probably back myself to do <laughs> similar. But this Belgian team really—they has to deliver this 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 year, right? You can't wait to certainly four years for them to. Well, yeah, I mean, this is exactly it. You know, this is we've we spoke about it for so long now. This golden generation, and and it really is. You know, players like De Bruyne and Hazard could walk into any any international team, but. Um, you know, it's it's doing it, isn't it? You know, we've seen so many times teams teams like Germany who just know how to do it and and just seem to be able to do it. Uh, Belgium obviously never have done it. Um, you know, can they? Can they this year? It's it's a massive ask. It really is. They they probably, you know, they do look good. They probably do have the potential to go all the way. Um, you know, no one's 
particularly stood out so far in this competition. Germany haven't looked good. Uh, France haven't looked massively convincing. Brazil the same. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they they definitely have the the uh, the ability to do it. It's just can they get over that line? Can they can they be, can they do the first thing that no one in their country has done before? Of course, the first thing for them to do is to secure the victory. But with an eye on next Thursday's game against England, it really could well be about goal difference. So obviously they'll be hoping to, to rack up more goals. Second game in on Saturday today, sorry, South Korea against Mexico. Obviously has implications for the, the last game of the evening between Germany and Sweden, which promises to be a cracker. South Korea, Ibrahim, probably not expecting too much after their 1-0 defeat by Sweden. But Mexico shocked everyone, obviously, with their win over Germany. But is it a case of maybe Mexico were better than it was Germany worse? Or was it just that Germany, you know, were, were below par? Um, I think a lot has been said about Germany after that game and I think it was potentially was a bad day at the office for them I think Mexico were good they they stuck to their task really well they really tried to hit them on the counter and if they can utilise that kind of pace against South Korea then you know they're probably going to end up with six points after two games but in reality are South Korea going to attack them the same way Germany did so you know they're going to have to change their strategy Mexico I mean I expect them more than likely they're going to come through this game but you know it's going to be very different to no, the I think, Germany I think you hit the nail on the head there they, they're definitely going to have to change that strategy I think they nailed their game plan against Germany and, and completely surprised them the, the amount of space they found especially uh, especially on the left wing uh, Kimmich was, was nowhere to be seen throughout that game they could have had they could have had a number of goals against Germany but as you say also it's a wake up call for the Germans I think they will address this um, it's a shock it's a surprise that's come early on in their competition it gives them plenty of time to to address things and sort things out and I think they there's enough quality there for them to for them to get it right so um. so Mexico with Betbright of course are 6-4 to four on for a second victory of the World Cup Korea 9-2 and the draw is available at 12-5 to five. and just rounding off with the last game tonight Germany against Sweden I wouldn't say Sweden were particularly impressive against South Korea. They, they got the job done. And they're 11-2 with Bert Bright for their second victory of the competition. Germany 4-9 and the draw at 3-1. Just finally, both of you, what do Germany need to do just to get, you know, the way the group is, having South Korea in the final game, they definitely won't be panicking. Any tweaks, little things they need to do for this uh, the second game? Um, well, you know, we've round up the theme of big players feeling the pressure of big tournaments and um, the one it seems for Germany is of course Mesut Ozil people have suggested that maybe he needs to come out of the side because he's not doing enough in terms of his defensive contributions and even going forward I mean you know I'm not sure he was the worst player in that Germany team the other day but I guess if they need so that need him to tick and he's not doing it then he almost becomes a bit sort of like a spare part in that team and maybe you know maybe rotating him out might be the answer there Jake any final last thoughts yeah I mean uh, as for as for Sweden um, their talisman is obviously Forsberg uh, didn't have a great game his first game um, he's come up against maybe some of his some of his uh, you know regular players he plays against in, uh, in the Bundesliga um, it's, his, it's his opportunity to uh, to show something as well um, you know can can he can he pull something out can you pull a rabbit out of the hat for uh, for Sweden? Um, they're definitely missing that that Zlatan character, aren't they? So um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a tough game. It, it will be. I think I think Sweden will be better than what they were against Korea, yeah. but uh, but Germany have to get a result. So should be great. 
So plenty of action to look forward to today. We will be back tomorrow to look back at everything that's happening on this Saturday and of course to look ahead to Sunday's fixtures when Japan take on Senegal, Poland take on Colombia and Panama bid to cause the greatest possibly of World Cup shocks when they take on England. This has been the Mirror Football World Cup daily podcast in association with Betfright. Thank you for joining us and we will speak to you soon.